Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we know place to go, Tim and friends, Tim and friends, Tim. Friends, of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one, let's go. That might as well be the hot stove. We got two fires lit in here. It, it might as well be our Twitter account, Jesse Rubinoff, right now after the Toronto Blue Jays have lit up our final show of the year. That's right. This is Tim and Friends for this Friday, December 23rd, the final show of the year. That's right, kids. Following this affair, we are off until the new year. Now, for many, these are the greatest mail-in shows of the season. For us, it is the exact opposite. The Jays have given us a remarkably interesting deal. Not only Gabriel Moreno, but Lourdes Gurriel Jr. go out the door for a guy by the name of Dalton Barsha. We have brought him up on the show before. I believe the date was October 13th. I brought up Dalton Varsho on the show. We even showed you the Chris Black breakdown, and we will break it down for you. So instead of mailing it in, most of our crew worked their ass into this building mm -hmm. on what some folks are calling a once-in-a-generation storm. Is that, what we're, is that what we got here? Yeah, I mean, yes. The, the Connor Bedard of storms, the... <laughs> McDavid of storms. It's a number one overall pick exactly. of storms. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Uh, wind storms out east. Wind warnings in Montreal. Winter storm warnings across Ontario. And just legendary cold out west. 54 cities and towns across Alberta, Jesse. 54 mm -hmm. setting cold records this week. I feel like it's a Stomp and Tom Connor song. Bam, Bow Valley, Edmonton, High Prairie, Jasper, Red Deer, <laughs> Peace River. Peace River, minus 41. Jasper broke its record two days in a row. Second day, Jesse, it hit over or under. I don't even know what you say. Disgusting. Minus 43. Even Carl Anthony Towns, a little south in Minneapolis, St. Paul, is asking what the blood is. Man, Cat, your weatherman here letting you know it's cold as outside <laughs> look at this get your ass inside <laughs> and watch tim and friends i know the timing sucks and there are people stuck at airports not being able to see their families for mm -hmm. christmas and that absolutely sucks more than zach wilson right now but we are here nah. to attempt to spread some holiday cheer on this i believe the sixth night of hanukkah jesse is that mm -hmm. where we're at right now yeah a day before christmas eve so if you're stuck indoors we got you covered if it's not us, 14 in the NBA, 13 scheduled in the NHL, though only 11 of them are being played because of, well, the snowstorm. Hey, the yeah. Gasparilla Bowl is going right now. And this Jays deal that many are scratching their heads at. So there is some entertainment to be had out there. And remember, while the NHL goes quiet tomorrow, we do have a full slate of NFL football games. So you'll get our picks against spread. And a woman, Rick Pitino, just said had the best mind for football out there. Mina Kimes will pinch hit for Nate Burleson, who made the mistake of trying to travel today. 
I don't know if you know that, but Nate Burleson for work is on the move. All that, plus Ben Nicholson-Smith on the J. Do we call it a blockbuster, Jesse? Is this a blockbuster deal? Yes. Gabby Moreno is on his way out. It's blockbuster. And we might even make the asinine attempt to settle the age-old argument. What is the greatest Christmas movie of all time? And no, Jesse, it's not Love Actually. No. Do, do you have a favorite? I mean, Elf has quickly... Yeah, everybody loves Elf. Climb the charts. And I think we've all come to the agreement that Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie. It, it, Jeopardy had an answer about that a couple nights ago. And it was. was. It was. Yeah, a that Christmas was the whole movie. point of the... Yeah. It might be Die Hard for me. Really? It might be Die Hard. Hans Gruber. Yeah. Do you know Hans Gruber? Hans Gruber. Right. Um, Jingle All the Way. Sneaky. Arnold? Sneaky. All right, let's get, let's get to it, Jay's deal. Right, Jingle fine, all fine. the way. Yeah, we I begin our final show, as we always yeah. do, with first Turbo things man. first. An unbelievable <laughs> deal between the Jays and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So let's ring the bell, Nerland's Noel. <laughs> let's tip the glass. First things first. For King Christmas. Let's make it holly, Doug Jolly. Let's let it go, J.T. Snow. And let's, the, let's let the bickering cease and wish for more old meta peace. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't think of any more. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I tried to keep going, but I Way couldn't. to end it. No, that's a good, that's a proper way to end it. I tried. Five straight Let rhymes. the bickering cease and wish for world meta peace yeah. is what I tried to say. I love it. Um, yeah, we got to talk about the Jays. Yeah, we do. S- some stuff happened. People want us to talk about the Jays, so let's get into it. None more of this Christmas movie nonsense. We thought we were this just minus gonna... 43 nonsense. Let's go. We thought we were just going to coast in here <laughs> yeah, in the storm, fun. just have some fun for an hour and a half and leave. But there's been a lot of talk lately about the Blue Jays adding another left-handed hitting outfielder. And today they got their man acquiring Dalton Varsho in a trade with the Diamondbacks in exchange for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Gabriel Moreno, the 26-year-old Varsho. Played center field, right field, and catcher last season. He had 27 home runs and 74 RBI in 151 games. So, Timmy, I ask you, what do you think of the deal? I get why people are upset right now. And the main reason they're upset right now is they don't know who the hell Dalton Varsho is. And that's why we're here. We're here to help that. And I get if you Google... Dalton Varsho, immediately what you see is offensive numbers that make you scratch your head on why the hell you would give up what was once the number one overall prospect in baseball and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. But the offensive numbers aren't why they got Dalton Varsho. I'm not trying to tell you not to be upset. Mm -hmm. You can judge once I'm done here. But the numbers aren't why they got him. They got him because he is an elite defensive outfielder and catcher. Now, I don't know how many times you've ever heard that sentence uttered. Elite catcher and outfielder, but this is the guy. If you just take his war from last year, he was ninth best among outfielders. And you ask, given the numbers, Tim, how the hell did he do that? He did that because he was really good defensively he has four years of control left on his watch and for the Toronto Blue Jays and he is remarkably versatile in his career he has played 76 games in center field 70 games in right field 11 games in left field and 61 games 
at catcher. So this is crazy. a crazy. dude that you don't see very often, and I'm guessing by the reaction of Jays fans, they haven't seen him very often. And that's why we're seeing what we're seeing right now. And I hope what I've just explained gives you a little bit more of an idea of what you're getting back in return and why the Jays would go out and do this. Yeah, it, it felt like uh, the Blue Jays wanted to turn a position of strength into a position of you can get away with it, which is what they have now with Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen, who are both fine catchers. But now they have one of, if not the best, defensive outfields in baseball. When healthy. Frankly, when healthy. When healthy. Like right. if you take Springer, Kiermaier, and Varsho, and they are healthy, that is one of the best defensive outfields in Major League mm -hmm. Baseball. But there is a caveat, right? Like George Springer really struggled to stay healthy last year. Kiermaier's hip surgery. Kiermaier's yeah. coming off of surgery, and Dalton Varsho, well, it looks like he's going to get a lot of this time. Now, I don't know if Whit Merrifield and Kevin Biggio are the replacements or if the Jays go out and get another outfielder, but this is the left-handed bat that is versatile and great defensively that the Jays were looking for. And, uh, I mean, he ticks off a lot of the boxes that you know Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins look for. So here, here's my question, my one question about this, because as you're going to see when I read some of the responses, uh, people are going to think that this is an overpay because Lourdes Goriel Jr. was included in this deal, some people, not everybody. Uh, but do you think that because probably every other team who was negotiating with the Blue Jays knew that the Blue Jays wanted a left-handed bat desperately. That was their number one thing on the wish list that maybe the Blue Jays were going to have to overpay to get no, I someone. Don't think, I, I really don't think people understand the years of control stuff, mm -hmm. and they think it's just a catchphrase that Ross Atkins throws out there every once in a while. There's a reason why Teoscar didn't get them more than Teoscar got them. It's because he was a free agent after next year. Same with Guriel. The same thing is true of Lourdes Guriel Jr. Mm -hmm. is... If you're not going to pay him and you're not going to play him a hell of a lot, and let's not forget that handmade injury is one that can be very, very bad for hitters. If it's, a, it's in the hand. It's a bit of a problem. Yeah. I, I don't know that he's not going to return to form. I have absolutely no idea. I just know that there are others that have struggled to come back from that injury. You put that with one year left in the deal and you're getting a guy that could replace him anyway, I think that's why he was included in the deal. But I get, I get the jaw drop. You would think that a former first overall prospect mm -hmm. would be good enough to get Dalton Varsho right. from the Arizona D-backs who also were dealing from an area of surplus because that's why I brought listen Chris Black pointed out Dalton Varsho to me Chris Black is a producer on uh, on our Blue Jays coverage here uh, at Sportsnet and the season ended on September 8th on October excuse me on Saturday October 8th September 8th would have been a really crappy year. <laughs> on Saturday, October 8th. And on October 13th, I brought up Varsho because Chris Black was telling me about this guy who plays some good defense, is really versatile, a lefty bat, 26 years old. And it made sense. D-backs have a surplus in the outfield. And uh, I don't know how many guys have elite defense in the outfield and as a catcher. And it just, it piqued my, my curiosity. And I think this 
kind of sort of makes sense for the Jays. And I think once Jays fans see him play that kind of defense, Mm -hmm. they'll realize a little more why they paid what they paid. But I get it. It's a little bit of a jaw dropper. One more question for you. And and with regards to to Gurriel, and he was a a bit of a fan favorite, Uh, ups and downs, obviously, like like most players. But he he seemed to be a big presence in in the clubhouse. Yeah, I think they're they're breaking up the barrio right now. Yeah. Like, you can't help but look at Teoscar and Lourdes going out the door and wonder if this is low-key a message to the dugout, the clubhouse, or beyond. Like a culture change of sorts. Yeah, I mean, these were two of the biggest smiles in the dugout. These were two parts of the barrio, but also looked like two very well-liked guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this is... One of the subplots of this offseason, the other subplot is handing it over to Jansen and Kirk. Yeah. Right? Like, you knew you had three legit opportunities to uh, have a great catcher. And they decided they are going to go with Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk. And for me, it also signifies that your window of opportunity is now. Mm-hmm. Right, like this is a win now move. Yeah, for sure. this is yeah. a we are going for right now type of move, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's another uh, piece added to the equation. There are still some at bats to fill out for this roster, and uh, the Jays aren't done. But <laughs> I got a feeling, Jesse, if we go to the old Twitter machine. What I just said means absolutely nothing to any of the people no. who are writing into the and yeah. Can we? Can I just say this? And I and I love Jays fans. I, I go down there all the time. I think Twitter is a little bit different. You end up getting people who want to yell and scream because they know that the yelling and screaming gets them more attention uh, than the the real fans. There's a lot of fans that don't write in what mm-hmm. you're about to read, um, but a lot of this is just because they don't know who Dalton Varsho is. No. Yeah. You're a digital producer. You read it every day. Yeah. How much of this is, I have no idea who this guy is, and we just gave up two guys that I know really well? Yes, because I think you mentioned this when you just look him up and you see his numbers. He hit 235 last year. It's right. like, wow, what did we just do? Why are we giving up Moreno and Gurriel for a guy who hits 235? Yeah, and a career 234 hitter. Yeah, and you haven't watched, I mean, why would you watch Arizona Diamondbacks baseball in this market? <laughs> right. like, it's just a fact. So I don't know why you would have watched our Dalton Varsho before. So how often I do understand. you see guys who hit 235 have a 4-9 war? Uh, I would say it's incredibly rare. Yeah, I, I think I, I think his war is ninth best among major league outfielders last year. Yes. Like, and that's his, high. I mean, it's really high. Career defensive runs saved as an outfielder, 26. Career outs above average, 23. Um, he comes from a good bloodline. His dad played in the major leagues. Uh-huh. Like, he knows how to play the game. And I don't think the quick Google search and what comes up along the stat line no. on the back of the bubblegum card is doing this one justice. But let, let me, let's, let's hear from the friends of the show, because okay. that's a huge part of what okay. we do so, all the time. So I asked you, what do you think of this deal? It is fair to get uh, the viewers' reaction. And I do wonder if, uh, having heard what you just had to say there, if some people may have changed their tune, but uh, these are what I gathered prior to the show. Uh, the Couch GM, friend of the show, says, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny, Jays now have good deep bullpen, one of the best defensive outfields in the league, along with a top third baseman, four unreal starters, and some guys named Bo and Vlad. The team is all around better. Just sad seeing guys like Teo 
and Goriel go. That's a measured response from the coach. Way to start it off with a measured response here. Uh, Romy says, going down, it's one of the worst trades in MLB history. Mm -hmm. As Moreno becomes the best catcher hitter in the show, he will hit 300 this upcoming season, and I hope Rodgers are smart enough to fire this front office, who are really a joke. They were a joke in Cleveland and was fired. So that's just incorrect. So (laughs) (laughs) that last part was just incorrect. Can we like, listen, I I get why you wanted to read that one. But at the end, Romy, you lost us. Like Cleveland were repeatedly good when those guys were there and they did not get fired. They left. Bring the passion, though. Romy brought the passion. But you also have to bring the truth. Yeah, that's where you I know here. we're in 2022, yeah. but we can't always read things that are factually wrong. Got to clear up the misinformation. <laughs> uh, Austin, Dalton Varsho offensively is essentially a lefty hitting Randall Grichuk. Albeit he's amazing in the field, but he d- just doesn't feel like a guy you give up a top 10 prospect for, not to mention lo- losing Lourdes as well. Brian Reynolds yes, was the that, That's the juicy one, Austin, because Ricky Tiedemann was being rumored to want to be going the other way for a guy like Brian Reynolds. And he is not even near as close defensively to Dalton Varsho. Mm-hmm. But he has the Google line. This was John Paul Morosi yesterday. And he suggested that Ricky Tiedemann, the Jays' top pitching prospect, would be what the Pirates wanted back in return for Brian Reynolds. And I don't know if I'd give up Ricky Tiedemann for Ryan Reynolds. And I find him remarkably attractive. Like, he's a fine-looking man. But... Listen, I, I understand what people are talking about. When you Google, this dude comes up and it looks so sweet. But he is not de- Run prevention. How many times do we hear that from Shapiro and Atkins? Run prevention. More often Atkins. Why don't we go to uh, this Jays fan who writes in, love it. As we show, Reynolds just hit yeah. bombs. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I get it. I understand. Barcho hits bombs, too, in Paradis, 27, and, and he's going to be playing a bunch of Yan- Yankee, Yankee yeah. Stadium, too, which has a nice uh, porch there that you might be able to take advantage of. Uh, Lourdes put up better offensive numbers in 2022, but was still only a 2.2 war. Right. Barcho with the glove was a 4.9. Not easy to see. The Jays are favoring run prevention going forward, like you just said, plus we keep Jano and Kirk. Look at Tim it's Steve. a great job by Atkins. And, and together, Jano and Kirk give you, like, they're a great catcher together. Great, right? Kirk, all-star, really good offensive catcher, and Jano is a, the wizard who works with the pitchers, right? So they give you pretty much everything you need from a catching perspective already. Any more there? Yeah, I do. Because we're running out of a couple. Time. I, know, I know. Christian, it's a bit of a steep price to pay, but I'd take Varsho over Reynolds. There's no guarantee Moreno pans out, and losing Goriel isn't as bad as it seems. I hope this works out for both sides, so pretty that measured. Christian is about what I'm thinking, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish either one of them, and I hope Gabriel Moreno turns out to be great, but you never really know until you get the time. One more. Uh, w trade for both teams. The Blue Jays get a great young outfielder who replaces Teoscar's offensive production and is much mm-hmm. better defensively and keep the Jansen Kirk catcher battery. The D-backs get a very good catching prospect and a decent utility player in Guria. I do wonder uh, if people, not soured on Moreno, but weren't as impressed as they thought they were going to be last year. So maybe some Blue Jays fans are looking at it and say, hey, I'm kind of okay with giving up Gabriel Moreno to make the outfield. Well, the prospect rankings would suggest that too, because once he hit number one last year, there are a few people who thought that he dropped a wee bit. But I will tell you this um, given what I was thinking when the Carlos Correa deal went down, Jays did better than I thought. Yeah. But how about the, the Giants now? Like, they're reeling.
Yeah, I mean, and Jays fans just relax. They're probably going to get Michael Conforto, and you're going to have to deal with some bargain basement outfielders. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a bargain basement outfielder. No. I got the Conforto part right on that. <laughs> I didn't get the bargain basement outfielders. You're Very all right. Good. I think Dalton Varshow's okay. Uh, ben Nicholson Smith is going to join us a little bit later to continue. By the way, that was two days ago. Dalton Varshow. Yeah. No, don't separate your shoulder, patting yourself on the back. Oh, I did. You deserve one more uh, as the year closes here. Uh, ben Nicholson-Smith will join us a little bit later to continue that conversation. And we, here on First Things First, will move to hockey. 11 games in the NHL tonight, including five Canadian teams in action before the league takes its holiday break. The Jets are in Washington to take on the Capitals, with Alex Ovechkin still stuck on 800 goals. The Habs visit the Stars. It's an all-Canadian matchup in Edmonton as the Oilers host the Canucks and the Flames visit the Anaheim Ducks. The Leafs and Sens have already begun their breaks with tonight's game in Ottawa postponed due to the generational weather outside. Games will resume again on the 27th. So which Canadian team in your mind is in most need of a little R&R to me? Up until around uh, 12.30 Eastern time last night, I would have said without a doubt it is the Vancouver Canucks lock loaded. But then Elias Pettersson went out and did what he did last night, which was a where-were-you-when type moment for the bank. In a year of absolute caca for this fan base, Elias Pettersson coming back in his first game, um, back from illness, five points, unbelievable performance. And before the game... Boost Boudreau was asked about the possibility of Elias Pettersson playing Here's what he had to say in perhaps a little grade nine English. This is called foreshadowing, kids. He's a good player, but he's not Superman. Uh, Bruce, he may have been Superman. Did you know that he just set the franchise record for most five-point games? I didn't know that. How old is he? Yeah, he's not How many guys have played for this team? Mm -hmm. And Pedersen just said it. Now you know why he's untouchable. And don't look now, but Andre Kuzmenko is the third leading scorer on this team, and he's an unrestricted free agent. Sorry, uh, Vancouver Canucks yeah. fans. At the end of the year. I mean, he was amazing last night. And, and the quotes of him saying he was trying to find energy and all of that, it was an amazing performance. But I watched the game, and they, the rest of the team stunk. Okay, who cares? We knew that. I know. I'm just, it, it, they, no, you shouldn't you're read peeing too, on the parade. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. And I guess asking, they shouldn't read too much into. No, a no, win and like no that. one is. Good, yeah. Absolutely no one. The rest just of the let him have good. the five-point yeah. night where Petey takes over with another Petey on his line. <laughs> How the hell is Lane Peterson yeah. on the Petey, top Petey, line? I guess he scores every game Petey, Petey, in the Coos. AHL. But yes, so good. Petey to Petey look good last. Let him have this. He's, All right, yeah. Jesse. He's no re- peeing he's, on the parade. He's really good. You build around him. He's that. He's that dude. <laughs> You build around him. It's not about the future. It's not about the past. It's not about who they let go. Just let them have the five-point night Fine. and the 6-5 I don't win want to be a Grinch. And the shootout winner. <laughs> All right, still to come, Ben Nicholson-Smith will join us. We'll discuss more on this Jays trade with the Diamondbacks and whether or not Lourdes Gurriel needed to be included in this mix. What kind of precedent does this set for the rest of the team? We'll also put a wrap on the air with fittingly a rap segment. Shout out Spotify. And we'll give away the Tim and Friends hoodie. But after the break, the great Nina Kimes joins us to discuss the Jags playoff, the Jags playoff push, and the ongoing quarterback issues. The New York Jets. Tim and Friends, our last show of the year. Five points for Elias Patterson, and he is fired up. The game's a matter most. He's
played his best. That's right. What a game for Elias Pettersson. You get a run or what? What you're wearing? You look ridiculous. I'm getting some looks. That's okay, though. What do you mean What's a big deal? Someone? Some people are looking at me weird. You get the spicy one first off? Yeah, I got the spicy one. <laughs> Y'all doing? You know the vibes. Scotty Barnes. <laughs> So this is... I'm just going to man up, swallow, and then it's... What? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Audio will tell you all you need to know. Ben Nicholson-Smith on the Jays deal and your feedback, Jesse. It feels like the feedback is directly related to the weather outside across Canada right now. There's a lot of people at home and wanting to weigh in on what yeah. just happened. Yeah, people are, some of them are in a bad mood because of the weather, obviously, which is fine. Yeah. We were this morning too, <laughs> but it's all good now. It's like a brrrr on yeah. our timeline yeah, right now. It's yeah, going, it's, it's going nuts. It's a lot of fun. All right, week number 16 in National Football League underway and underwhelming if you're a Jets fan. Zach Wilson boot off the field at halftime. As the dude selected ahead of him at the draft, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags now control their own destiny over the final two weeks. A real Jags to riches story, a headline I completely teefed from my next guest from the <laughs> aptly named Mina Kimes show, ESPN football analyst. A woman Rick Patino just called the best mind for football out there by far. It's Mina Kimes. Welcome back, homegrown. Hey, a tweet like this has to be cool to open Twitter too. Yeah, I'm going to uh, refrain from commenting on, on that one, but I'll, I guess I'll take the compliment. <laughs> All right, I, I understand. Was there, is there more to it that I'm not getting here? Uh, no, 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 not more to it. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> that is absolutely awesome. Uh, normally when I open Twitter, I just see hate. To see something like that, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit better. Uh, let's start with the Jags to Riches story and the headline that I stole from your podcast. They now amazingly control their own destiny. How in the good name of Maurice Jones-Drew are they doing it, Mina? <laughs> well, uh, I would point to a couple of things. So that aforementioned first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, has been playing incredible football since the bye. He has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL by just about every metric. Uh, he is getting the ball quickly. You certainly saw that on display against a very, very strong Jets defense and pass rush. He has been accurate. He's been making good decisions. He's been using his athleticism. And I'd also pin it on the work of their head coach, Doug Peterson. Uh, this is really, in my mind, the biggest reason for the Jags' turnaround. Last year was a disaster, a circus under Urban Meyer. They bring in a professional, Doug Peterson. But it's not just been about the culture. I think his play calling has been exceptional against some very good defenses. Last, last week, Dallas. This week, the Jets. That is yeah. not an easy defense to move the ball against, and I thought they did a terrific job. Big part of the reason why this team is scary headed down the stretch. Okay, so once three and seven, they close with Houston on the road, then the Titans at home. Do you think the Jacksonville Jaguars win the division? I do, um, part because of that competition. Houston, of course, one of the worst teams in the NFL. And the Titans, a team that seems so strong, as they usually are at the first half of the season, has just been battling nonstop injuries, including at the quarterback position. We'll see if he plays in this one. But the defense, which you know is still decent, is very banged up. They seem to be two teams trended in different directions in the same di division. So I like the Jags to win it in advance to the playoffs. 
I mean, I, I might need to go uh, philosophical on you. Uh, I might even need Lenny for this one as my therapy dog because I saw a Bleacher Report. I saw a colleague, Stephen A. Smith. Others say the Jets got to move on from Zach Wilson. He's done in New York. And I have, like, a real hard time with this. Like, the greatest quarterbacks of all time are not top five picks. Uh, when are we going to learn that they need to be groomed and helped along the way? They need to be put in the position to succeed. I mean, the Jets alone, Mark Sanchez, fifth overall. Geno Smith, second round. He's done, doing okay for Seattle. Sam Darnold, third overall. And now you're going to chase a second overall pick out like he's Browning Nagel or something? Like, I want to blame it on the franchise. I want to blame it on the market. Is any of this fair, or is this just a guy who, once again, hasn't worked out? I think it's pretty fair, actually. So you're absolutely right about context being so important in quarterback development, how we evaluate them. Look at a quarterback like Josh Allen, who, you know, is a pretty raw prospect and struggled his first two years in the NFL, but they proved the circumstances around him. They gave him Stephon Diggs, and suddenly he becomes one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Here's the problem with Zach Wilson. We have seen other quarterbacks on this team come into the exact same situation and outproduce him. So it's not like you can point to this as uh, the Jets and say, oh, no quarterback could succeed here, even though they've got some good young skill players like Garrett Wilson in a decent run game. We've seen it. Mike White, who is, of course, you know, not a, a draft prospect like Wilson, has outperformed him now in two consecutive seasons. And I think that's why there is a consensus around this team moving on because they have had test cases in the exact same circumstances and those test cases have looked better. Okay, so let me ask you this. Would it be that would it be that bad to have him carry a clipboard for a little bit longer? Like Patrick Mahomes carried a clipboard. Like Tom Brady carried a clipboard. A lot of really good quarterbacks in the league have carried a clipboard. Why do you have to move, like, get them out of New York? Yeah, well, well I think to your point, yeah, they, they, there might not be an incentive for them to move on, especially if there's not, you know, a willing trade partner. Right. Although I do think having a pick taken that high Sticking around uh, can sometimes cause problems in the locker room if there's a feeling that the team might go back to him. But a big part of the reason why they have to at least move on with the starting position is this team is really good. Like, they should be in the playoffs. This Jets defense, I believe, is one of the five best defenses in the NFL, maybe ranks even higher than that. It's a disappointment for this organization to not be playing in January. And as a result, when you look ahead to next season, I think the team is going to be even better. You have to make a, you have to upgrade at quarterback, whether it's in the draft or, and this is the approach I think they might take, looking at a trade or free agency. Uh, my guy Chris Streveler looked great last night, former CFLer, <laughs> playing for the Jets. Uh, true story, Mina, when, when Johnny Manziel came up to Canada, everyone was real excited, and I said, hold on, this guy Chris Streveler could be better than Johnny Manziel. And in yeah. the end, Chris Streveler was better than Johnny Manziel. All right, uh, it feels like there are some seasons on the line tomorrow. Uh, Giants as they head to mini. Patriots host the Bengals. Dare I say, your Seahawks in KC. Lions, Ravens. Which kind of one of these, uh, I guess, pooper get off the pot situations most interests you? Because there is a bunch of them on, on Saturday. It's the Lions because of the teams you've mentioned. I think they're the team that if they actually make it to the playoffs will be the most interesting. They have been trending in the right direction now for quite some time. Um, and, you know, this is an offense that's been good since the beginning of the season, Tim. You know, Jared Goff, when protected, is an efficient quarterback. 
really good set of wide receivers, one of the best offensive lines in football. But for me, this turnaround has been about the defense because through the first half of the season, this is one of the worst defenses in the league. Mm. They could not stop the run. You've seen them really fix things over the last few weeks, and they fix things, importantly, with the same players. It's a young core, starting, of course, with their top draft pick, Aiden Hutchinson, linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez, who was drafted this year. On the inside, Alin McNeil is excellent. Uh, they have improved as young players tend to do when given the opportunity to play and now they've caught up to their offense which makes them fun to watch a lot of lions fans in this country mina you are talking to them although there are a lot of seahawks fans in this country as well uh, the border town with vancouver last one i got for you i was talking to jay glazer earlier this week about jalen hurts sitting with the mvp on the line do you think he needs to play to win the mvp uh, well i think from the voters' perspective, he would probably have to finish out the season. But from my perspective, I actually had Patrick Mahomes as my MVP pick before Jalen Hurts got hurt. So, uh, you know, I guess he would have to play and outperform Jalen Hurt or Patrick Mahomes the final three weeks of the season. But for me, really, that just comes down to Mahomes and the season he's having. Um, he tops Jalen in just about you know, all the advanced metrics, the simple metrics, like total yards as well. Uh, he is having an outstanding season that I actually think is probably more impressive than any he's had with the Chiefs, considering that he's playing with, you know, just an okay group of wide receivers and, of course, Travis Kelsey. So it's Mahomes to lose for me, regardless of what happens with Hurts. But I do think the fact that he's probably going to miss a game or two will likely impact his chances. I do love the average group of receivers in Travis Kelsey because, let's face it, he is just a slot back and maybe the greatest patch-catching tight end that we have ever seen in the National Football League. Mina, always great catching up with you. I uh, hope you have a great holiday season. I know you're at home, so enjoy a little time with the family and have a great Christmas. Thanks for having me. Anytime. There is uh, Mina Kimes, one of the best minds in all of football. Coming up, it is our last show of 2022, so we will take a look back. Oh. Are we looking back at that? Mm, yeah, this, uh, that would be a tough we're, memory. We're, we're giving a little bit away here, but we will do our Tim and Friends wrapped, and we'll do it next right here. And by the way, lots of Jay's talk and feedback coming up. Welcome back, friends. Of course, more Blue Jays talk coming your way on this, a blockbuster deal mm -hmm. in Major League Baseball. But whether you use Spotify or not, you have surely seen people post their Spotify rap on you the not? socials, Jesse. How could you not? And yeah, seeing, as a digital yeah. producer, you have. Exactly. Course, yeah. And seeing as how this is our last show of 2022, which is a little bit sad, we mm -hmm. thought we'd do a wrapped of our own we're going to take you through some of the best moments from the show this past year so without further ado this is tim and friends wrapped and oh, i do nice. have to say that like you and i haven't seen any no, of the results no the, the whole crew put this together right. for us so we're we're playing this game along with you at home so this is a surprise for is our us title slide just as much as it is for the viewers out there so why don't we look at the year-end statistics because this is usually what everybody throws out on the socials here's okay. what i listen to blah, 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 blah. so minutes on the air number of friends visited my dance moves most used rhyme they're all pretty easy. Oh, uh, yeah. They're all pretty easy. Here come the answers. A lot of friends. <laughs> that, That's how many minutes were on the air? There's no way that we had 203 friends, is oh there? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Jesse's dance moves one, and that's too many. I agree with that. And the most used rhyme, let's do this Jonas Valanciunas. 
That, that's that's 100% right. 24,000, when you put it in perspective, 24,000 minutes is a lot of minutes on the air. It's a lot of talking by, by you. If I had a guesstimated that, I probably would have gone around there. Yeah, yeah. In the dance yeah. moves. That's I'm why sorry. I said off the top, when yeah. you said it was kind of sad, yeah. I said it was kind of <laughs> You're right, you can rest yeah. your vocal cords for a little bit. So uh, most frequent yeah. friends, is that number two here? Most frequent friends is number two, and uh, I think I have an idea of who the most frequent guest is. Obviously, contractually Kenny obligated. Kenny Reed, Donovan and Bennett in close. Oh, Nate Burleson in oh, close seconds. Ken Reed, number one. Ob yeah. yeah, that is obvious. Elliot Friedman was in with us yesterday. Elliot Friedman. Uh, Kipper started coming seven. in. <laughs> Kipper started coming in every Tuesday now, which is which is awesome. And Kenny Jet Smith, who was on yesterday as well. But obviously, Ken Reed. And we have all this fine material here. Uh, Ken's book. We got the trophies Ken's there. book. So it does make a lot of sense <laughs> yeah. that Ken Reed would be Ken's, number one. Ken's hockey cards. Yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, yeah. he's here even when he's here even when he's not here. Yeah. Okay. The next one is the biggest upset of the year, and I have to say I'm a little bit surprised as I see what we went with. But why don't we roll it? Yeah. That's. Yeah, that's, I don't know. If that's that's an not an upset. No, yeah. I. Why, you know what? I, I agree with you. Yeah. Why don't we roll it? No, just no, see how it went. We don't have to roll it. it. No, no, we don't have to roll it. No, we're gonna roll it. Don't have to roll it. Loosen up those hips. You gonna run or what? Look what you're wearing. You look ridiculous. I'm getting some looks. I agree. I agree. What's the big deal? Some people are looking at me weird. You gonna run anytime this century? Oh! Oh! Why am I screaming? I lost to him. I think I, it was pretty obvious. I, I gotta say, if you were measuring top speed, I think you might have come in first. But the no. issue was your, your start. We've established that. Yeah, yeah. yeah Someone called you a tugboat coming at <laughs> Yeah, it was because there was a double clutch on the go. Yeah. There was an Amart cassette, and I started, and then I started again. No, it's understandable. It was yeah. cold out. You don't want to pull something. I get it. I thought they would put where I said, you look ridiculous, and then immediately yeah. cut to me. Right. <laughs> You look ridiculous too. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay, time for uh, best fit. Yeah. Best fit of the year. That was it. What are they talking about? So, me or you? But either one. Yeah, no, there was something that was a little bit better, and it went kind of the whole year. It was a little bit of a theme going on with you. So, the best fit of the year we present. What? Oh, yes, the, the Milan Borians. How, how could you not? Those were the best. They generated a lot of buzz on the socials, more so than our outfits when we were running the 40. Yeah. So, uh, congratulations to you for, for winning the best outfit of the year. I like the first outfit, though. Uh, very tight, I'm going to be honest with you. These, these ones? Very tight, yeah. Do you wear them Mostly at home? Or are they, are they boiler. Too... They look like they're a muffin. Do you wear them at home, or are they too tight to wear at home? Because you want to be, you want to be comfortable. Those ones often go underneath the other track pants when I'm walking the dog in winter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The double up track pants. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Can we, can we stop looking at my muffin top? He's got to bring those back. He's got to, he's got to bring those muffin. You see the old barrel hanging out? We're not going to, we're not going to point that. No, I did. No, we're going to move on. We're going to, we're going to go to spiciest. It is what it is. Spiciest take. I better lose that for the next forty. Do you think? We don't, we don't like we don't have the spiciest takes all of the time on the show, but no, this, this one was literally this was a, literally a spicy take. I mean, it was it was kind of spicy. Yeah. It was actually mild, but it's Ken Reed. So. Yeah, yeah, Kenny, yeah, the number one most frequent guest here. He is uh, battling the spice. Did you get the spicy one first off.
Yeah, I got the spicy one. Did <laughs> you really? Uh huh. Because <laughs> it's not really that spicy, is it? It is to me. Really? Yeah. Come on in. You're like really spicy to me. You turned red. My nose is running. Didn't we establish after the fact that that was not the spicy one? Yeah, the, the spicy ones had a red dot on them. That did not have, so that was a mild Jamaican beef patty that had Kenny. That's pretty like that. His voice changed dramatically. In fairness to him, I think I had the same thing, and I didn't make as big a deal about it. He's, yeah. he's a showman, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it, there was a little bit to it. Yeah. Like a little bit. You know, I've never been afraid of bringing up race on the show. Mm -hmm. Does making that spicy? A mild Jamaican beef patty make Ken Reed the whitest man on the earth. <laughs> you don't Probably. have to answer that. Probably. You don't have to answer that. Okay, uh, sticking with the uh, the food theme. Yes. Um, worst foods eaten on oh, the show. That, that is easy. This is very easy. And it, wasn't, it wasn't the Jamaican patty. No, no, it was not was the Jamaican penis. patty. It that was, was absolutely, that was positively, Cabby losing a bet with your boy. And guess what? He had to eat beef penis yeah, pizza. He, he followed it. This is the worst day of my life. <laughs> looks good. It always looked delicious. I was just going to say that. It looked good. That was never the issue. I got so many in there, the first bite, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Mm, it's crunchy, too, my oh. dude. Oh, man. I expected a girth. <laughs> so this is... I'm just going to man up, swallow, and then it's... What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I should have been a man as well and had a bite. No, you know. But I didn't. I no. won the bet. Yeah, you won the bet. Why would you? Yeah. Uh, sometimes you, you watch TV, you think like maybe like they're putting on a show or acting yeah. or whatever. That that was not bad. Oh no no no! He, he, he took a bite and there was a crunch and yeah. he immediately like panicked. And and both you and I noticed and we're not going anywhere near that. Like there was like a crunch and then a, like you almost heard it. We saw his eyes and we're like, neither of us are trying that. Yeah, pizza's not really the, the food that you want to have a crunch. How hungry are you? We yes. just found out. Yes. Uh, all right, let's go to the next category. It is best surprise cameo. And I believe there was a tie I'm being told. So why don't we go to the, the first one? Oh yeah, how could it not be? <laughs> how could it not be Scotty Barnes? Things looking a little bleak on the Scotty Barnes front at the moment, but it was okay. anything anything but the, during this game. The only time that Faisal Kamisa ends up on the same line as Scotty Barnes. <laughs> He's gonna is love apparently that. He's gonna love it. On our Tim and Friends rap. Why don't we have a look at the Scotty? How y'all doing? You know the vibes. Scotty Barnes. <laughs> That's awesome, thanks. <laughs> I need to see vibe. more of the Scotty Barnes vibes. I know, Br bring back the vibes. The good vibes. Back, yeah. 100%. We need that dude back. And you mentioned Faisal and Scotty Barnes on the same screen. Let's see what happens. I don't remember Faisal's photo op. Why, why the hell is Faisal Kamisa over your left shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> Can you stop that man? Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> hey, Sean. <laughs> the, the security guard working. <laughs> he, working. Was he was actually rattled. The security guard is like, I, I got to do my job, but also, what's going on? Because there's like a little. You could tell there was a little bit of an yeah. inside joke going on there. Yeah. Shout out to the security guard. I remember guard when we work. first 
started this show and I was kind of sort of upset that we just called it Tim and Friends. We didn't really change the graphic all yeah. that much. Yeah. As I'm watching this, I'm realizing that has definitely become the mantra for this show. Like these are just all of our dudes yes. hanging out yes. and that's kind of what makes the show special. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm sure getting this year-end vibes. I like it. It's fine. Okay. Speaking of our dudes. Yeah, our dudes is the one who joins the show quite often uh, and she's responsible for the, the winner of the best backdrop, and there's no question who it is in this case. Like this is the most obvious <laughs> award of the year, it's yeah. Justin Dunk. Like this man put, speaking of the security guard putting in work, Justin Dunk puts in work when it comes to his hits on the show. Yeah, there you go, driving the Edmonton Elks truck. Uh, here is him on a boat. I'm on amazing. a boat! Uh, that would be nice uh, if you look, the other one look where outside he was working out. Oh yeah, look at this. Knocking the camera down <laughs> with his power. I don't remember that one, that's amazing. CrossFit? Is that yeah, CrossFit? He was doing a little bit, well, like we know. Yeah. We just showed me with my barrel well, hanging over That's why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what he's doing. CrossFit? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what, what are you asking me yeah. for? Yeah. The hell of I know. The Borean sweatpants were a little yeah. tight. All right, why don't we go to the year-end summary here, which is... Uh, nice. Is it more statistics? Yeah, thank you for being a friend. Uh, that, without a doubt, is the mantra of this show. There were just a handful of great moments mm. in this fine program. We give you a little smidgen, but there are so many more, so many other shenanigans, so many other friends from this past year. So we present to you the end of our Tim and Friends. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Tim and Friends, full two-hour show. Rubinoff. Caught in you got to throw him to me. Fuck's a One Jesse L. Rubinoff. What's he talking about? My real name's Cole, by the way. Has been verified by Twitter. If he wasn't wearing a sweater right now, you would know that his nipples were hard. There's Instagram versus reality. <laughs> That's what we call that right there. That's good camera work. And they finally get over the hump, Jesse. What's the gut telling you? Yeah, I mean, they're gonna have to do it at some point, right? You would think. I mean, the future is long, and I guess they could go on for longer, but... <laughs> Merry Christmas, happy holidays from your friends, period. All right, when we come back from the break, Ben Nicholson-Smith is going to join us. We will break down this Dalton Varshow deal. Did they give up too much? Benny, next. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Back here, final half hour of 2023, but who's counting? And <laughs> just as we were getting to the end, Jesse, 30 minutes before showtime, we had a blockbuster deal that broke. We hope that you are safe and warm wherever you are this holiday season. Still to come, we'll give away this bad boy mm. right here, the Tim and Friends Canada slash festive themed hoodie. Yep. 
for someone who made their donation to the food bank, plus Ben Nicholson-Smith on that Jays deal that I was just talking about. In case you missed it, kids, and I'm breaking it for you, according to Jeff Passan, now official, the Jays have acquired Dalton Varsho in a trade with the Diamondbacks in exchange for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Gabriel Moreno. Dalton Varsho's name brought up on this show on October 13th, kids. The 26-year-old played center field, right field, and catcher last year. You don't see that a lot. He had 27 home runs, 74 RBIs in 151 games. We will break it all down with Ben Hickerson Smith in moments from now. But we got a lot of hockey on the network, right? Including an all-Canadian matchup in Edmonton Oilers and Canucks. You can see it on both channels. Canucks broadcast regionally, Sportsnet Pacific. Oilers broadcast is on West, so it ends up being Jack Michaels versus Shorty. I like it. Canucks coming off a big win last night. Oilers feeling good after their effort in Dallas with more. Gene Prince, Gino. Tim, the Edmonton Oilers were getting set for an afternoon game against the New York Rangers when Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft put Leon Draisaitl and Connor McDavid together again on the same line, and it worked. It was the spark that helped set the Oilers on a run of 7-4-2. and two. Again, looking for a spark on Wednesday night against Dallas, the Oilers head coach split up McDavid and Drysaddle. In fact, he changed all four of his lines, and it worked again, as the Oilers defeated the Stars by a final score of 6-3. We changed the lines up a lot. Um, and I think it, it helps our team in, in a way when we kind of get rejuvenated. Sometimes uh, they're apart, they, you know, you put them together and then it creates a spark. Or sometimes they're together and then you take them apart and then it creates a spark through the lineup. So I think it's, uh, it, it really depends on kind of the, the situation and, and the game. There was another opportunity um, as we're returning some people to full health to, to move the pieces around the chessboard, like we like to say. And uh, we got a good response in Dallas, but that was 48 hours ago. We're, we're in an everyday business and uh, we'll see what tonight brings. The Oilers could add a forward to their lineup tonight in Ryan McLeod, who was injured at the end of that New York trip. In fact, against the Rangers, he's missed 13 games. Now, Jay Woodcroft wouldn't confirm McLeod's return to the lineup, but he did confirm that Vancouver has stars that can hurt you. And Seattle found that out last night. What a night by Elias Pettersson. He had five points and had the shootout winner. Going into the break, this is the final game for both Vancouver and Edmonton, Tim, so they are hoping to begin their holidays with a victory, and we wish you and all your viewers a happy holidays as well. Ah, Gino, that's why we love you, buddy. Real friend of the show right there. To you and yours, we wish the best as well. Merry Christmas, buddy. In the meantime, the Flames finishing up their California road trip in Anaheim tonight. They've dropped an overtime decision to the Kings last night, but still have five points in three games so far on the trip. Uh, Jacob Markstrom expected to be back in that after Dan Vladar played pretty good last night. You can see it nationally sports that one tonight. All right, in Washington, the Caps hosting the Jets with Alexander Ovechkin once again looking to score goal number 801. He's been stuck for a while. Moving to a tie with Gordy Howe for second on the all-time list. He's goalless in four games after the hat trick that got him to 800. Jets, meantime, trying to bounce back after blowing a two-goal lead after a terrible bounce in Boston last night. David Riddick expected to start in goal after Connor Hellebuck went last night in Boston. And finally in Dallas, the Canadians face the Stars. Habs have lost four of their last five. We'll have Michael Pizzetta draw into the lineup with Evgeny Dadunov coming out. 
Kirby Doc will also play center reportedly for these Habs tonight. Stars top the central point up on the Senators. All right, uh, it has been the talk of the town even on this December 23rd. I had to look at my computer, Jesse, to get the date yeah, because fine. it has been a jumbled mess today with all the weather Pretty stuff normal. and breaking news Pretty just normal. before the show. I mean, let's be honest here. You and I both knew we weren't walking into the holiday season and our last show of the year with just a ho-hum, let's talk about your favorite Christmas movie. No. Oh, no. I, no. This is a thing not only with this iteration of the show, but I know in, in the past as well. Whenever Anytime, we got time yeah, off, there is breaking news. It's coming. And there was 30 <laughs> minutes before our show today as the Jays swung a pretty big deal getting Dart, Dalton Varsho from the D-backs. Here to help us out is Ben Nicholson-Smith. However you do baseball, you should add Ben Nicholson-Smith to the repertoire. What's up, Benny? Tim, good to be talking some baseball with you in the middle of a blizzard. I hope things are good with you as you wrap up uh, 2022 for the show. All right, where were you when? When I heard the Dalton Varsho news, yeah. I was picking up a rental car and I'm <laughs> listening to the Fan 590 and boom, there's the news. So uh, thanks to uh, Brent Gunning, who is nice. hosting with Gord Stellick and yep. got some great info from them. Gunner, nice. All right, so your first reaction to the deal was what? Well, honestly, I'm not surprised. I mean, this is a fit that's made so much sense for a long time, and the Jays needed an outfielder. The Diamondbacks had a lot of left-hand hitting outfielders with Corbin Carroll, uh, McCarthy, of course, in that mix. And then Dalton Varsho, who really is the best defensive outfielder, arguably, in the game, now coming over to the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, you can see the athleticism right there. Someone who can just do it all in the outfield. So this is a big price to pay for the Jays. They give up Gabriel Moreno, who's obviously a top prospect, and Lourdes. He's only one year away from free agency, but we all know that Lourdes is a good offensive player, so they give up a lot, but they get the best player in the deal. Okay, so that's an interesting part of that, is the best player in the deal. I had my producer, Thomas Dobby, when you said the best uh, defensive outfielder in the game, uh, whisper in my ear, wow, best defensive outfielder in the game. But I, I, know, I know Ben Nicholson-Smith. I have been along the Twitter line. Tell me why you believe he is uh, the best defensive outfielder in the game. I, look, you, you look at the numbers, and it's pretty impressive. The outs above average that he has been able to put up, it was 18 outs that he was able to get in 2022 more than your average outfielder you look at the numbers on fan graphs he is a consistently well above average defensive player and you saw the skills in those highlights right there like he's timing the ball really well he's able to get great reads he's a fast runner but he's not necessarily the fastest runner but he makes great decisions in the outfield gets good reads i mean even watching these plays like this is going to help the blue jays pitching staff next year all right, the thing that we got the most early after the deal was that this was an overpay. Is it? Well, look, it's a good deal for the Diamondbacks. They end up getting a young catcher in Gabriel Moreno who brings them a lot of upside and someone who helps them in 2023 in Lourdes. So this has the potential to be a win-win deal. I don't think it's an overpay. I mean, in looking at these possibilities, the Jays clearly had a ton of them lined up was it going to be a Danny Jansen for a Max Kepler was it going to be Alejandro Kirk for Shane Bieber there's so many possibilities but one of them that and I know you mentioned you guys have been talking about it on the show for a while too but the idea of Varsho for Moreno has made sense for a while and then Lourdes he's more than a throw-in obviously he's a really good player but at the same time the Jays are getting someone who is instantly going to make their outf outfield defense better 
and his bat is going to help. He had 27 home runs last year, too. I suggested that I don't think that they're done. What say you, Mr. Smith? I agree. Yes, that is my understanding. I think that they will continue looking to add an offensive player. I think outfield is the most logical spot to look. You've got Merrifield who can kind of move around. Kevin Biggio who can move around as well. So they could do some different things. But really, they have 11 position players on the roster right now. And you're going to carry 13. So one of those could be someone who emerges in spring training. It's nice to have a little bit of flexibility, but I think they will be looking to add one more. And certainly that's what I've been led to believe. Well, we had a nice fancy graphic there with heads and positions. How do you see this work, this outfield working out? Well, regardless of how you put the pieces together, it will be a better defensive outfield. Varsho, Kiermaier, to have Springer in a corner as opposed to center field. When healthy, this will be potentially an elite defensive outfield. So that's a great place to start for a team that has Manoa, Barrios, Gosman. Those guys induce a lot of fly balls. So that will help keep runs off the board. As for how it fits together, I have to think if they're all healthy, Kevin Kiermaier probably gets the center field nod. George Springer into a corner, likely right field at that point. And maybe that puts Varsho in left, but he's versatile. He can obviously play anywhere. I don't think we're going to see him catch a lot in 2023 and beyond, but he could if they had to fix, you know, figure things out for a few days. Mm. And he's certainly got the ability to play all three outfield spots. Okay, I feel like we're even way too positive here. Uh, You said when healthy. Like, that's a big caveat here, right? Like, Springer's had a bunch of injuries. Maybe right field will help. Kiermaier's coming off a surgery. Like, there are some big question marks in this outfield, and and that's partly why I said I don't think they're done. Yeah, agreed. I think that's totally fair. And, you know, you look at even the catching depth. It's taken a hit now, too. Even though Varsho could sub in for a little bit, uh, to lose Moreno, that's a big hit to their catching depth. So I think you want to keep adding because you never want to be in a spot where okay, now all of a sudden we're playing someone every single day and Whit Merrifield's kind of slumping or Espinal's bat isn't to the point that you want him in there every day and you're still playing him. So the more you add, the more options you give yourself, the less likely you are to be in a position where you have to overexpose someone. And we've seen that at times, uh, but the best offensive teams do have the depth where they are not overexposing someone. And, And the Jays going into the year, should add someone else. And then if they have a big breakout in May or June, you can always sort it out and find time for that player then. Does it not look like watching the highlights that Dalton Varsho was the kid that you hated in Little League that could just do everything really well? Like, to see a guy play center field and catch, like, it just reminds me of watching Little League baseball and just that athlete on the air team where you're going, this guy's a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. You know he could play basketball. You know he could go get it on the football field. Like, this guy is clearly an athlete, and that will be fun to watch starting next year. All right, so to me, and and maybe you're a little bit different, but this this definitely feels like a win-now move from the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, we've seen a lot of those this winter to sign – Chris Bassett at age 33 to a deal where he's earning 20 plus million per season. That's a win now move. Um, you know, I think the Swanson for Teoscar move is a bit more forward looking where you get some long term um, as well in that one. Um, but Kiermaier is a win now move. And then Varsho is. And this is a team that they should be making win now moves. I mean, they have a lot of talent um, on this roster already. They certainly need to augment that and build toward 
threatening the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees still look like the best team in this division to have Aaron Judge and Carlos Rodon and the rest of their rotation. So the Jays need to keep making those win-now moves and, and keep pushing it forward to really have a chance to to win the division and get that by past the wildcard series that tripped them up this past season. All right, uh, that was going to be my last question, but that is often the case with me. Sometimes I remember things uh, that I said earlier in the show, and maybe you should back them up uh, with someone who knows more than me like you. So the last one I'll ask you here is, is this a shot at the Barrio at all? I mean, when you think of the guys that just left here, like, is, is there anything to breaking up what was the end of that dugout? It's going to be very different. There's no question. I mean, we've all seen those interactions and Vladdy and Teoscar in particular really close. That's one of his best friends, even beyond baseball. Um, I still think this team is going to be a team that really enjoys uh, spending time around each other. It might just have a different look. I mean, Kiermaier's described as a really intense player. Same with Varsho. So this might be a bit more of an intense uh, mood, but I, I have no doubt. Like, Vladdy likes to have a lot of fun. So he's still going to find ways to have a lot of fun. Maybe that's with Manoa. You need to have some fun in the course of 162. And I think everyone in that clubhouse would say that. And now maybe it'll be offset with a bit more of a different tone. Um, not to say that one is better than the other. I think they've had the talent to win in 21 and 22 along with the Barrio and everything mm -hmm. that came with that. But now we'll see something pretty different. And I think Vlad will still find his moments to have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Uh, Benny, this was fun. Thanks for doing it. You got it. Thanks, Tim. There is Ben Nicholson-Smith, at Ben Nicholson-Smith, or excuse me, at B Nicholson-Smith on Twitter if you're looking to do baseball, right? Jesse, any more feedback on this deal? Because I know that we got inundated early. There's a ton. Uh, I just wanted to show Gary Sheffield uh, Jr., who tweeted out, obviously there's a lot of reaction from uh, Jays fans not happy with the deal, but Gary Sheffield Jr. saying that trade sucks for the Diamondbacks. Whoever signed off on that deal should go to prison. It's, it's so funny <laughs> when you see the reaction from Jays fans that suggests that the Jays got absolutely ripped off and then see someone go the exact opposite. Yes, and there is, frankly, there is some out there, and, and a lot of it is coming from, I don't know, people who are fans of all teams uh, of, of, of baseball the yeah. and the sport. Not you know, not saying that Jays fans just watch the Jays, but the Arizona Diamondbacks, smaller market, they probably don't get as many eyes. It's just a fact. All right, uh, I think we got to take a break, right? Uh, Producer Thomas Dobby. All right, let's take the break. Uh, we'll get to our NFL picks, plus wrap things up, give away uh, our red and white Tim and Friends hoodie. We'll do that all next as we close out our season right here on Tim and Friends. Final 10 minutes of my year, not like I'm counting, but weather a big story pretty much all over North America, as we mentioned off the top of the show, heading into the holiday weekend, and it's expected to have a major impact on this week's NFL schedule. In fact, Jesse Rubinoff, you have known me in the past to be an amateur meteorologist. I am amateur meteorology in this again, like if that's capital, a word. All right, let's have a, a look amateur. at the big board for the 98 breakdown for all y'all. And listen... We saw it last night in New York, and tomorrow, seven games are expected to be played in freezing temperatures, which would tie the most in a single game in a single day, excuse me, since 2000. Six games are expected to be played in freezing temperatures and 10 plus mile an hour wins. I mean, look across the big board here. It's being reflected in the totals with the well over done. and under in six yeah, games man. set at 40 points or less, including. 
the Saints and the Browns, yeah. which is right here. We follow it up to Lake Erie, where you have lake effect snow moving down from Lake Erie. This is the lowest total for any game since 2008. It is 31 and a half. Now, the last time we had a total that low, the final score in the game, 13-0. So as you hear the wind swirling, understand Lake Erie, Lake Michigan, these areas are going to have severe lake effect wind and or snow. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, right in the middle of the country here, 38 the over and under for the Raiders and the Steelers. Falcons, Ravens, a must-win game basically for both teams. Over and under 35 and a half for this one. Is it going to be a good or bad weekend of football, Jesse, for the gamblers? And maybe more importantly, the teams and fantasy. Well, I mean. Because this is playoffs. First of all, I think you found your calling. You're good at the sports part of this too, but you were rocking and rolling in the final block before the show takes Yeah, we, we don't mail it in on this show. That was though. very impressive. Um, no, I've benched all the, all the Browns that I have on my fantasy team. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I and mean, they're not going to score in that game. Do any of the games on this board affect your picks against the spread in our matchup against the SM Bets crew? No. You? What is your pick against the spread? Lions. Not there. Not there. Not there. They're playing the Carolina Panthers, and they are going to win because that's all they do these days. They are riding a wave. So we're going we're gonna to stay with the Lions? Yeah, how could it's you not? You. All right, time now for our NFL picks against spread with the odds powered by Bet Rivers. It is a whole new game. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. So Jesse's got the Detroit Lions, and I am taking one of those games that was up on the big board. I think that the Bears and Bills will be affected by the wind, and I think Justin Fields will go toe-to-toe with Josh Allen. So just give me the eight and a half points and I will take it like that. in Chicago. So the SM Bets crew has been really warm of late. They're going with two dogs in this one. Seahawks plus 10 against the Chiefs in KC. That game could be affected by weather as well. And the Eagles and the Cowboys, they're taking the Eagles on the road plus four and a half. Not bad for one of the best teams in all of football as they are at 500 on the year, and we are struggling, though. If you took Kevin Mickey's picks out, we'd be okay. <laughs> just going to say that. <laughs> no, the SM Bet screw. They're doing a good job. I mean, I like those picks, too. So They've been warm of late. Started yeah. off cold, warming up of late. All right, here is what's on tap tonight as the NHL wraps up their pre-holiday schedule. 14 in the NBA, 11 in the NHL. Hockey Central will follow us. Then it's the Bruins and Devils across the country on Sportsnet. Oilers and Canucks later regionally on both Sportsnet West and Pacific. Two different broadcasts for the Canucks and Oilers audiences in their respective regions. Flames and Ducks is a national game on Sportsnet 1. We've got NBA games. Sportsnet now, pretty good one as well. Bucks and Nets. Sportsnet now. Now it's time for game time. Uh, I'm not the only one uh, that enjoyed your weather situation there. Uh, Alana, who is a meteorologist for uh, instant weather, according to her bio, says, I must say that I'm a huge fan of Tim's meteorologing skills. Yeah, it's a tough word to say, and I think it's a tough word to say because it's not a word, but I said it, and Alana is calling me out on the meteorologing. An excellent performance. Uh, Maybe I should go to breakfast television. 
Never. Very <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> good. Uh, okay, it is our final game time of 2022. We focus in on the games you will be watching tonight. The Bruins and Devils coming up on Sportsnet. Boston beat the Jets last night game. to improve to an NHL best 26-4-2. You think you're reading a mistake when you read a record like that, but in fact, that is their record. The Devils, meanwhile, struggled lately, losing six of their last seven after a torrid start to the year as the clock struck midnight on the Cinderella Devils. No, I just think that they're coming back down to earth a little bit. I don't think that the Cinderella Devils are going to go away completely. Are they going to win the division? Are they going to be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference? Probably not yet, but they are a good young team that mm -hmm. I think will be good for a while. And yes, they're coming back down to earth. Yes, there is a regression to the mean, but you saw enough in those, you know, that winning streak, that those flashes of brilliance that you saw from the Devils to understand that they're a team on the rise. But I do think there was kind of a counter to their speed. I think you saw a few guys get get stepped up uh, trying oh, to yeah. fill lanes. And I think teams are just trying to clog their space and not let those fast guys find room. You get real physical against Boston. It's really, really fun to watch. The coach has got the take. Yeah, that's what happens. People get paid, right? Yeah, no question. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to the NBA here. The Raptors are in Cleveland tonight, and as usual, they won't be playing on Christmas Day. Oh, poor. That's a source. Poor Raptors. Yeah, Raptors, Raptors fans. fans. Yeah, so they'll get a few days off before returning to action on the 27th when they host Kawhi and the Clippers. Recently, Sportsnet's Emily Agard sat down with some of the Raptors players to talk about their favorite Christmas songs. Oh, nice. Do you have a favorite holiday song? Anything Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you? Yeah. I'm obsessed. Had a very shiny nose. Mariah Carey, um, all, all I, want I want for Christmas, Christmas yeah. You're gonna make me sing, yeah. I, don't I wasn't to... gonna make you no, sing. You're gonna make me sing, yeah. I can't say it. Four hundred fifty friends I think it energizes people. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite Christmas song? I think it's CHFI in Toronto. It just plays Christmas music like start to finish. Okay. And they do ridiculous ratings because people just want the pick me up that OG's talking about. I'm a I'm a parumpa bum bum guy. A parumpa bum bum guy. Come veg on him. Parumpa pum pum and meteorology. Meteorology. Yeah, all of the tongue twisters before we say goodbye to this 2022 season. You promised. You promised we're giving away that hoodie. Yeah, the hoodie is. To uh, to, listen, I, I want to thank Jimmy for giving us the idea, and I want to thank everyone who donated to a local food bank in order to be put into the draw for this. We have a winner. We have a winner. Drum roll. The winner. Pa rum pum pum pum. Sorry, a little drummer boy over there. <laughs> Mr. Gary, Gary Martin. Martin. Yeah. There you go. Oh, boy, I just made my drop. Please remember the sanitary items are also in demand. Gary, uh, look out in your DMs. Uh, we will definitely be hitting you up. Jesse, uh, thanks for this, as always. Thank you, Timmy. It's been a wonderful year, and I couldn't have done it without you and our entire crew, crew behind the scenes as well. Have a blast. Uh, what a way to say goodbye for the season. If you are celebrating Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or my peeps celebrating Christmas on Sunday, have a great holiday season. And do me a favor, check in on your people, especially this time of year. In the era of disinformation, perhaps the most dangerous lie of them all from the bad actors out there is that our neighbors are our enemy. The folks most afraid of your happiness and our democracy would love to have you believe that. Don't fall for it. Remember this holiday season. Love thy crooked neighbor with all thy crooked heart. 
We're all human. Let's treat each other that way. Thank you so much for all your support. The ratings on this show have never been better, and Jesse and I sincerely appreciate that. Please be kind to others, and just as importantly, be kind to yourself. We will talk again in 2023. Hockey Central is up next. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And happy holidays, everyone.